1: Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, and you know, I I, I sense high energy uh, because uh, our guest on this edition, uh, I watch him, uh, I didn't realize he had such a tie to even where we're all from uh, there in, in Alabama in Birmingham. Uh, and that is Raymond Arroyo um, it, you see him on, on Fox News you've seen him there but of course he does all kinds of stuff I was trying to keep up with everything that he's doing um, I, I have laughed at him several times and of course what I do love about uh, what we have in common he seems to also like Rick and Bubba University be a professor of common sense there which, you go. which has now become a superpower uh, and uh, and he, he does he loves to take on like us the illogical things that continue to go on in our world And uh, but He's also uh, multifaceted, and uh, so uh, let's put our hands together and welcome Raymond Arroyo to Rick and Bubby University, the podcast. Raymond, Arroyo. hey
0: guys, I'm delighted to be the visiting adjunct professor at uh, Rick and Bubby University. So thank you for for giving me my uh, exalted degree today.
2: Raymond, you, you do so much, and you yeah. do it so well. We always enjoy seeing you on TV. And, uh, oh, my God. And, and well, really— all,
0: I, I have to tell you, you guys, let me just interrupt you for one second. You two sustain me on so many morning drives, you just don't know. From the time we lived in Birmingham to now— I mean, I, I d- download you all and follow you in different ways now that I'm in New Orleans. But uh, you you all are hilarious, insightful, and just uh, uh, great companions for the morning, I have to tell you.
1: Well, you're kind. Uh, to say that and uh and we we, we, are we saying your last name right because you're familiar enough with the show to know that we butcher people's names yes Uh,
0: you got it pretty uh, Arroyo, arroyo arroyo
1: i need to emphasize the ah more
0: no you're fine you got it Uh, i'm not correcting you You you're perfect don't meddle with success (laughs) if i don't correct you you're fine
2: And, and you can tell Raymond's such a professional look at his feed I mean, he's got a feed. feed? He's got the background blur. Oh, I mean, he's got goodness. his depth to feel like he likes it. Yeah. I mean, he just, he's, he does this a lot, Rick. You can tell. He does, look at look, him.
0: I'm a disaster without my crew around. I have to tell you, it's a miracle <laughs> we got this up and running. If you saw the scene here on the desk, it's a, it's a chaos. This looks like Biden's head here. It's just, <laughs> <a great
1: disaster. laughs> well. But, I, we'll get into the, the 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 book series that you have going, yeah. and then we'll get into your Christmas tour, which we probably need to bring that up again on the on the yeah. weekly show when you're when you're coming to some of the markets where uh, the show is well known. But I, I yeah. want I do want to ask you a little bit of background. I, I, I went through the bio, and I, I had no idea you had your start at EWTN. Uh, you know, out of, uh, the global Catholic network that, that is based out of Birmingham of all things. You bet. Uh, and, and you certainly have written, uh, e- even, uh, uh, some incredible, uh, background on mother Angelica and all that, but how did you end up in the gig that we most know you for now? And that is, uh, being part of the Fox news team. And then, and then it's more specific, uh, well, Becky, you know- doing the segment with Laura.
0: Mother Angelica ended up being a conduit for a lot of that. I wrote her biography. Of course, I worked for her in, in Irondale, in just outside of Birmingham, uh, for many years. Started the news operation there. But when I wrote her biography, which became a New York Times bestseller, Laura Ingram invited me on her radio show okay. to talk about that book. We did one 10-minute segment together. When it was over in break, she said, why don't you stay for another segment? I said, OK. So we stayed for another segment at the top of the hour, she said, can we talk about other topics? Would you you want to just stay around? That chemistry, Rick and Bubba, you all understand this. Yeah. You have it. You, when you have that chemistry and that crackle between people, you can't fake it. And there are a lot of people on TV who fake
1: yeah.
0: conviviality and friendship and, you know, they loathe each other off, the, off camera. Ingram and I always have had that connection. It was instantaneous. I was like the, you know, uh, upstart brother who gave her a hard time and you know she would slap back and i'd crack back and it was just it was fun it was engaging um laura calls us the evil donnie and marie which is probably (laughs) true Uh, so we we started there in radio uh kept doing the show and then fox came along actually in 2008 roger Ailes asked us to do a show called just in which we did at five o'clock Uh, it was a big hit over the summer, but Laura had just adopted a a daughter and I had a newborn baby girl and we thought it was too much to do radio, my gig at EWTN and Fox. So we told Roger Ailes, no. Uh, so that five o'clock slot went to Glenn Beck. So Laura Ingram and Raymond Arroyo are the parents of Glenn Beck. I like to say, (laughs) uh, and all this time later, the wheel turned and they asked us to do the uh, 10 o'clock show. Now the seven o'clock show. And, uh, Thank goodness it's it's work. That chemistry, the, the relationship doesn't fail in 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 broadcast. If you have that relationship, you can really take it anywhere, I think, as you all are testament to.
1: 30 years coming up as our birthday in January. Um, wow. so, I love it. But, but to that point, you, you were talking about the chemistry. I do want to ask you just a practical thing. How do you like the new 7 o'clock gig uh, oh. versus, versus the later evening? It's got to be great for you as, 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 as your schedule. Awesome. Oh.
0: Yeah, well, we can have dinner with families. You can actually have an evening. You know, guys, and I don't think people realize this, when you have a show, particularly a daily show, you and I help produce Laura's show as well, you carry that show with you until you're finished. You just carry it throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So our entire day and evening was just focused on the show. You couldn't let go of it till 11 o'clock at night. And it, it's a long haul without a break. So it's so nice having the seven o'clock show by eight Eastern we're out. And, you know, for those of us in the central time zone by seven o'clock, I can go have dinner with the family or go to a show or a game. You know, we got the saints game uh, coming up. So I, you know, I can, I can hit those things. Whereas before I could never think of it. So it's nice. It's, it's great for quality of life. I have to say.
1: So let's, we're going to come back and and talk about the book. So one more thing before, before we go to this, when I see all the things that you do, okay. And Bubba and I went through this. It was what the, do you remember the years we were on Turner South? Do you remember that at all? Uh, I remember it. it, it. Was, I don't remember it, what it, year it, it was. It was somewhere early in <laughs> early in the two thousands. Okay, let's call it that. And so we had always done radio, like you and Laura. We had sure. done this. It, does it Does it amaze you because we were once told, and Bubba quotes this often, and it's true, uh, that you know, you, you, if you, if you want to to be, you know, uh, a celebrity or known, radio can get that for you. But when you go out on on mainstream television. That's what's going to turn you into what some people see as a much larger. Well, I remember Hannity telling yeah, us before we did that right. we talked to him about it. He said radio will make you famous, TV will make you a star. Right. Have you found the the overwhelming reach to such a large audience? That, was that an adjustment for you?
0: No, no, because I mean, I, look, I've been on I've been on TV for twenty eight years now, so uh, it 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 broadened the audience certainly, sure, and and uh, and it takes you to places you never imagined you'd go. But you know, guys, I. I don't know about that, that I think your influence on radio, particularly now, given the media environment, I think you reach far more people and have far more influence than you imagine. And certainly more than many of the, you know, uh, uh, coiffed and and dressed people you see on TV uh, are having in the evenings. Those ratings are all kind of contracting. Whereas I think the intimacy of radio, um, I think that's far more influential. So Star, I don't know what that means. Uh, Maybe ubiquity. People know who you are Mm -hmm. with more ease. But I don't know if that necessarily equates to anything, you know, Uh, other than it's for me. Yes, you can carry your ideas and the things you create to a broader audience, but whether or not they are listening. That's the point. And you all have that, now have the attention in the ear and hearts of the people, particularly after a 30 year career, people love you all and they're devoted to you. Well, And we have that affection. Ingram and I have that too, for, di- for the same reason, yeah. because it's authentic and it's real and they're having a good time.
1: Yeah. And, and you did touch on it because I, I will admit that he's right on this because... I really have never had anyone who who watched us on those years on TV and even watch us on YouTube. Now Uh the the people who watch, it is a different connection than the people who listen. It's the people who listen that say, I feel like your family. I feel like I know you. And there's no doubt even in my own life, that I yeah. listen to what the no, people on the said. radio are saying because yeah. it's more intentional more than I yeah. do. Hey, the TV's on in the background while we're doing stuff, and oh wait a minute, I think they're talking about something I care about. I think they watch right. because it's a train wreck, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like America's <laughs> funniest home
2: videos on, but it's a show, <laughs> right? You know. <laughs> uh,
0: well, there is that, you know, and you and people look. The biggest thing Ingram and I have ever done was that silly you yes. thing, you know, that that little back and forth which I get stopped by little girls coming off of planes, you know, little teenagers. Are you the, you guy, can I get a picture? I'm like, of all the things I've done, you've right. written books, you've done albums. Now, this is what they, they focus on and know, but we had like 80 to hundred million views of that thing. And let me tell you guys, that was entirely scripted. I wrote it on a plane as a throwaway gag at the end of a segment. It was an homage to the old Abbott and Costello routine using you, the show you on Netflix as the hook. And, um, uh, you know, they, they thought it was real. So I know. You, testament to Laura Ingram's acting skill.
1: Yeah. Y'all did it so beautifully. Of course, we, like everybody else covered it on the show and Bubba and I actually looked around and said, y'all realize, I think this is a bit, this is, this. they're not, they're not serious. And, and, and right. it, it, the number of people that thought that it was not a bit, they, they I thought, know. they thought you were frustrated. They thought she didn't understand what you were saying. You both I did know. a brilliant job on that because people bought it hook, line and sinker. Well, the, I'm telling you.
0: The, the, the the tag was the the little button at the end made it work we were running out of time and our producer is screaming in the ear go to break go to break we had a hard break you know how this is yeah. go to break so laura rather than ending it you know quietly or putting a ball around it just said okay we gotta go and she and she, she cut it off so it made it seem more real yeah. so sometimes yeah. those things work in your favor and Thank God for hard breaks. Amen. And
1: speaking of that, we're taking one now. Uh, We'll be back uh, with Raymond Arroyo (laughs) when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Rick and Bubba, Rick and
0: Bubba. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba.
1: Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government.
0: Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste.
1: Our guest today on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, Raymond Arroyo. So so let's talk about, and we're going to get into everything that you do today. We, we talked about Fox News and you being at EWTN, but you, you, you're you writing a series. You already are a well-known author, uh, but this is a children's series. It's the second installment, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln, uh, yeah. it, it came out on my birthday. Not trying to bring any attention to me on October the third. Uh, Happy
0: birthday! Thank belatedly. You.
1: Well, I kind of felt like you did it on purpose, but maybe that's self-indulgent. Well, um, but but yeah. I do, But let's. It, it, it's the second installment. So tell us why this series. Give us the why behind well, it. What what, what well, what first of all, coffee? you know,
0: people always call these children's books. I never refer to them as children's books. I call them family reads there you go. because most of these books I started as chapter books, and I said, wait a minute. Uh, My real intention, guys, is to bring families together. I want mothers and fathers and their kids and grandparents and aunts and uncles to read to the kids and share their experience and their impressions of this story with the other generation. That's where the magic happens. That's where the the, the memories happen. And that's really all I'm trying to facilitate. This series, when I went to schools, visited schools as as an author for young adults and and middle grade kids. when you visit schools, you realize these historic figures that you and I grew up with are being forced out of curricula. They don't know who these presidents are, or these great inventors, or these great American lives. So I thought, how do I tell these stories and really engage young people and the older generation and give them all something new? So I came up with this idea called turnabout tales. And these are young, great American lives. And our motto is just this, challenges faced, decisions made, history, turned because that's what happens in all of our lives. The obstacles are not the end of the journey. The obstacles are the beginning of your life is what I tell young people. The first book was about Thomas Alva Edison, who at eight years old was thrown out of school, told he was an idiot. His mother took him home, homeschooled him and fed his passion. She let him blow stuff up. She let him burn down the barn. She let him play with acids and metals. He became the greatest inventor of all time. In fact, the microphone we're talking on, the light you're seeing me on, all of that, Thomas Alva Edison. This new book is about a father who sa- a son who saves his father. Uh, Tad Lincoln is someone I knew nothing of. He's Abraham Lincoln's youngest son and he taught his father a lesson in mercy and forgiveness that he had picked up from his dad over many years, but at a particular moment, he's responsible for not only a great American holiday tradition, the White House Turkey pardon which I had seen for years and couldn't figure out where it came from. It's because of Tad Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln. But it also is an amazing story of a father and a son, uh, of a child who was allowed to play and be a reckless, fun boy in the White House. And all the secretaries of Lincoln write in their diaries, Where did? why does he allow this hellion of a child to run loose? Why doesn't he discipline this child? I figured it out. Abraham Lincoln and the hellscape he was living in needed a touchstone of joy and fun and light and hope in his life. Tad Lincoln was that the only touchstone and and reservoir of hope that he had nearby. And so he they say he would double over in laughter when Tad was making a prank or did something outrageous or ran into a cabinet meeting. Uh, that's an important lesson I think for all parents, for all dads particularly, that sometimes the things we're occupying ourselves with are not the most important things and may not be the hope we need in that moment but your kids may be
1: yeah that, that that's so true i remember people trying to you know that mentored me and helped me and men in my life and i'd be talking about things like you know school plays and you know, little league games and all these things that we all try to get to. And you say, well, I've yeah. got this thing that's important and I've got this. And surely they'll understand that I missed this because of this important thing. And I remember one of the men that, that has helped me so much. He said, well, that, that all sounds good, Rick, but to your kid, all they'll remember is you weren't there.
0: Right. So Right. That's so true. Being present, you know? And look, when I look at this, people ask me, did you intend this to come out, you know, now? Actually, I had written this as the first book in the series and the publisher staggered it, but this is the perfect time because it's about finding hope in dark moments. And boy, are we in a dark moment as a country, not unlike the Civil War. We're that close. You feel the tensions, the divisions in the people, the hatred that bubbles up all over the place. And this story is really about just what you talked about being present you know i I interviewed mother Teresa many years ago i followed her around for a couple of days and when i look at this book now i think of her um she was going to see princess die in the bronx and there were the media was all around and everybody was waiting for her to go in and she crossed the street mother Teresa did and picked up this little infant baby and kissed the baby and blessed it and prayed Over she and the mother, and handed it back to the mother. And I said, Mother Teresa, you're going this way, not over there. And she looked at me and kind of sternly corrected me and said, Children are a sign that God has not abandoned us. Mm. We have to reverence every one of them. And I think that's what this story of Tad Lincoln, the magnificent mischief of Tad Lincoln, is all about for me. It's about a father who took the time to reverence the child in his midst. And in the doing, that child saved him mentally, psychologically, in so many ways. Um, and it also is a wonderful origin story of a holiday we take for granted. And I hope after people read this, they'll never look at a Thanksgiving turkey in the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a beautiful story. And just to, uh, I'll ruin it a little bit for your audience, spoiler alert. Um, it, Tad it, Lincoln's brother dies, Willie. He befriends this turkey that is delivered to the White House. He teaches it tricks, he walks it on a leash. and. As Christmas approaches, the White House chef picks up his pet turkey one day, and takes it to the kitchen. Tad freaks out because, you know, the guy's got the meat cleaner in hand, takes the turkey, runs upstairs to his father and begs his father to pardon the turkey. As he'd seen his dad pardon troops that had left the war field or return properties that were taken from them. And Abraham Lincoln pardons the turkey. And that tradition continues to this day. And it's a beautiful sign, I think, of how Lincoln saw Thanksgiving as a moment of forgiveness, mercy to, their, to fellow men, and a moment of unity for the country. That's what we need to have Thanksgiving be again, not only for the country, but in our homes. And I hope this book reminds people of that.
1: Well, that's, uh, that, that's really well said. And, uh, d- are you getting pressured or, or do you have a desire to continue the series beyond Ted yeah. Lincoln? Oh yeah. So, so there's more yeah. to come.
0: I'm working on a president right now. I can't tell you who, but it's a, it's another president who, if you look at him as a boy, you'd never imagine that this would become a great, you know, historic leader. Um, and, and again, it's the power of, in this case, a family, a father, who had an amazing influence? All of these stories, I end up as I look back at them. I see they're underdogs who really find their way, find their calling in the midst of the family. Um, that's what—that's the, the through line I think that runs through all of these, unintended by me, but it's the stories that I guess I'm attracted to.
1: Well, Bubba, you've mentioned it many times. We've talked about it on the show, um, and you and you just touched on it again. I think there's a notion right now that, and I'm glad you're doing these books. I think people have forgotten that some of the most well-known and what we deem to be successful people suffered quite a bit and had all sorts of failures and setbacks and, uh, and, and things they had to overcome.
0: You bet. No, no. That That's the, that's the, as I tell young people, this is your doorway to your future. Those obstacles are not there just to end your life. They are, they are there to challenge you to enter into what you're called to and in all of these stories, it's why I love the, the Edison story. And I love Tad Lincoln. You know, Tad Lincoln had a very short life. He was dead at 18. Mm. But what he accomplished during that time, our missions are not long or short. We have a family friend, you know, a 24-year-old girl, dear friend Anna. I won't say her last name in Virginia. Uh, she, you know, she was a friend of my my son. They they had confirmation together and were, were, were schoolmates. She was at went to the gym 24 years old medical student goes to the gym drops dead it mm. was it was a, it was a mm. cardiac event it was unexpected so we don't know the span of life that we had no. but whatever it is you have you have a calling in that time and we all have a limited amount of time and i think in tad lincoln's case he was to be this bright light and this source of joy for his father and and he left a mark not only on that family on the nation and tad was a kid with a cleft palate People had trouble understanding his speech. He, he was not a great student. He couldn't read very well. So his father took time to read to him every evening. You know, there was that personal attention. So sometimes the things that we see as setbacks, Edison was deaf by the age of 12. The man who created the phonograph, the man who created the speaker on the phone mm-hmm. uh, was deaf at 12 years old. Those things become their superpowers in some ways. They're part of their journey. And you can't dismiss them or think, oh my gosh, I can't accomplish anything. No, no. Those are part of what you're called to do and be. And that's why you have to stay with that child and have confidence that you're moving along the path if you're that child.
1: Great family book. Uh, and, and if you if you don't have it, you can pick it up uh, everywhere you know books are sold. We're going to continue to uh, converse. With the, as a matter of fact, there was a latest study that just came out that said children that are read to and read uh, you know, uh, as they're at, at a very young age, by the time they get to school, they're they're way ahead of their counterparts who who did not experience that. So if you're looking for something to get that started in your home, this series is fantastic uh, to be added to your family reading plan, or maybe you want to start a family reading plan. This would be a, a great series to start with, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Raymond Arroyo when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Bubba, no one likes to talk about life insurance, but we must. Oh, it's we necessary, must, We must. We must. Now, let, let's simplify it because uh, the bottom line for most of us, if we were honest, we're saying, here's what I want to know. Uh, if I go into eternity before the rest of my family that needs me and needs my income, what will they receive? Bottom line. That's what it's all about. That, that's what it's all about. Well, let's simplify that with a great company called Ladder, uh, LadderLife.com slash Rick Bubba. Why don't you go now and see if you're instantly approved? You say, Rick, you must jest. How is that even possible? Listen to this. It's 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. If you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, all you're going to do is answer a few questions about your health in an application and, and then uh, you'll see that those algorithms will go to work that Ladder has been using, and they'll find out if you're instantly approved. This is such a good experience that Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they made the Forbes best life insurance list. So all you need is just a few minutes. You need a phone, maybe a laptop, either one, uh, and, uh, and you can uh, you can find out what Ladder can do for you in real time. You'll, you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees. You can cancel anytime you want to. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. And the policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. So why don't you make the move now? Ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R-life.com slash Rick Bubba. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Raymond Arroyo is our guest, uh, a man of many talents. One is outstanding writer and he has uh, the latest series and you have corrected us and we we are listening because we are coachable. family books. yes, family books and family reads, family, family reads <laughs> family reads. and the latest uh, is about uh, Tad Lincoln, the youngest son of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and you I think you as you mentioned, you're doing you're doing more than just providing family reading. you're also doing what unfortunately is missing especially in the government schools is this attempt to re- revise history and introduce these people that at one time it was a given you'd be taught about yeah they're, no, too, they're too busy doing far other far things long. now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah well that's why things have crowded out the curriculum you know they they teach kids to to work toward a test Rather than general knowledge and certainly foundational knowledge of who we are as a people, if you don't know the people that went before and you don't know the foundation of the republic, you are lost. You don't know what you're, you're what you're a part of or what you're advancing. And this is why we're seeing the disillusion, the, the 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 hatred all across the country. People who hate America, people who hate themselves, people who don't want to have kids. You saw that Wall Street Journal article where, uh, or opinion piece, they did a poll. And I think it's something like only 30% of young people wanted to have a family. That is a hatred of you, yourself, your people, who you come from, who would not want to advance and continue your, your, your own family, your own person, your own race, your own, your own community. I, I, I can't fathom this, and yet that's where we are. And a lot of it is a failure in education and not enough time spent one-on-one reading and spending time with children. That needs to change
2: raymond we would be remiss if we didn't ask you we, this has really been about you and a lot of the things you're doing but some of the current events speaking of education mm. Mm. has to be very disturbing to you what's your what's your take on what you're seeing in the middle east right now
0: it, it's all disturbing to me i mean what we're seeing in the middle east again you, you, we were talking about education when you teach people in the classroom that everyone is a colonizer that You know that 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 israel in this case is an oppressor uh that hates people uh when you begin to frame everything as a racial argument and a a, a one group uh, is less than the other and we stop talking about evil terrorism uh the the roots of hamas that were elected by the palestinian people to represent them by overwhelming margins in 2006 by the way that's the last time they had an election which gives you an insight into the great political openness of Hamas. Okay. Uh, This is not a a credible regime or government. And yet, we, we, there are many in the media who with a straight face treat them as if this is the government of Canada or, you know, uh, 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 London, England. Mm -hmm. This is absurd. These people are terrorists who came to power with a sword. And, um, and now we're seeing the bitter and ugly uh tactics that this regime will use at any and all times to maintain power and to extend terror and look they've been very successful guys i said this the other day they scuttled the saudi arabia uh israeli peace accord that was forged by trump through the abrahamic accords they stopped that in its tracks they also stopped biden who flew over uh the other day to go meet with jordan and egypt They blew up their Hamas blows up its own hospital in Palestine. That's that ends the meeting in Egypt and uh, and Jordan. So they're Mm -hmm. wonders at using terrorist acts to exact a political will and exact a political purpose. This has got to end. This has got to be stopped. And people of goodwill, free people should be united in that effort to want the Palestinians to be free. And the only way to make them free is to get rid of Hamas. Hamas is a, is an agent of death and destruction.
1: Yeah, and it's almost like you know, you hear that logically laid out and you go, who can be against that? And, and, but two things is, you know, in, in a lot of this, you know, we have a biblical worldview. You you see yeah. it in scripture, people have become so unreasonable. And 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 I it is all it I said this just the other day. Yeah. It it's impossible to reason with unreasonable people because it's, it's, it's in both, both of those words. Yep. So if you, wow. if I, if I want to reason something out, you have to be open to reason. You can't be unreasonable bull. Uh, and so <laughs> the mob mentality we have now, and sometimes we see this on the right and the left, not just the left, uh, is right. that it's, it's almost like, I don't like this. We call it, and you do too, the, this fake world we're living in that isn't reality where mm-hmm. once, once I say that, for instance, I'll use something that people say, well, he's always going to do is talk about the left. I'll, I'll use the right. Uh, I decide that I'm going to be a supporter of Donald Trump. It's almost like that I'm I'm handed a one-sheeter. We all know what that is in the business. And these okay. are the things I have to believe. And I cannot question Mr. Trump. I cannot question this. I must be all in with Donald Trump, no matter what he does, forever and ever, amen. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, I don't want to be part of any mob. I may, I'm going to talk about the things he does well. I'm not going to ignore those, but mm-hmm. if he does something that I don't think was a, the good move or I don't agree with, I'm going to be critical of it as well. Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't be. You, once you get, once you declare a certain belief system, well, you're assigned your points of view, and I don't like yeah. that on either side.
0: No, you're so right. No, no, guys, we have replaced knowledge with ideology, right? And this ideology has become a replacement for religion and religious belief. I mean, on both sides. You, I see it on the left, I see it on the right. Uh, political leaders are not messiahs. They are not people who who uh, demand or should have our, our total fealty in every aspect of their lives or actions. They are servants, public servants. Act like it, serve the public, not yourselves. And I would say that, I mean, what we're seeing in Congress right now, the Republican Party is in full collapse. The fact that they can't agree on a speaker, after weeks and weeks and just to put this in context for the audience what we're really seeing is the republican party denying the american people and their constituents a branch of government that functions this is one of the three branches of government it must be responsive to the people and to the actions and moments uh, uh, events of the moment we're not seeing that now they've shut it down effectively by not affecting a speaker and electing a speaker This has to end as well. They've got to get their act together or they're going to come up with some coalition government that nobody's going to like. And worse, nobody elected.
2: Raymond, you you bring up a good point. We've been talking about this, too. A lot of the issues and positions that the Freedom Caucus have, I agree with, but I Mm -hmm. certainly don't agree with the way they're implementing that now. And it's almost like, we, you know, we have a saying, read the room. This is really not the time for a lot of those lines in the sand when the world appears to be coming apart at the seams.
0: You bet. Well, and, and only Republicans would be so politically deaf as at a moment when Joe Biden, Is slipping in the polls. The economy is tanking. The world is falling apart, and they've got several corruption probes underway in the House. That's the moment the Republicans decide to have a family food fight (laughs) and attack one another, (laughs) you know, and and make the emphasis and focus in on Capitol Hill now on Jim Jordan, who can't get elected, and uh, you know, uh, Hakeem Jeffries looks like the great leader of the of the uh, uh, capital at the moment. This is crazy. This, this is self-inflicted wounds, uh, motivated and driven by selfish politicians, uh, eight of them I could name, but you know who they are, uh, who have decided that they were going to have, take their little temper tantrum out on the entire House of Representatives, heedless of party or the general interest of the common man and the rest of the country. This is ruinous. And they should be penalized for this. I would censure all eight of them.
1: Well, we had it on the show today, the day we're recording this. But it goes back to I don't think we're not that savvy on how the government works. We need to know this. We had a caller today that you know was all in on this and. You know, and 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 Bubba tried to make the point. Only
0: on what? on the on, uh, the, on the fight over the get, speaker. You get, you
1: get getting the speaker out. McCarthy oh, he, he was all for speaking. He, didn't want he, him he, hit he hit don't out. want Jordan yeah. to be the speaker because Jordan uh, agreed with the McCarthy and and all this. And and he did not know this and and tried to stick with it. Bubba pointed out, Well, you realize in the situation we're in right now, our government can't function. And he didn't believe that. He was like, "Oh, it don't matter. We can still do whatever we need to do." And we're like, "No, no, no, you can't. Oh, no, you can't. Everything
0: at a standstill. still."
1: Yeah, and they and and I, but what I'm talking about, a lot of Americans don't know that.
0: Yeah, they well, don't. They're, 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 this is the ignorance I'm talking about. They don't know their history. They don't know basic civics, and they don't know their role in the republic. Which is why, how can you fight for something? How can you be a part of something or defend something that you have no real knowledge of? This is just—we're just floating in ether. This is nonsense. The, the the founders of the country intended us to. There the are two things that they prerequisites for this experiment in liberty to work. And I wish people would read the founding fathers a bit more. The two things were an informed populace and a moral people. Yeah, guys we don't have either right Right. that's key that's key for
2: a democracy we don't have yeah
0: i tremble for the republic how can you but this idea that you have to have pure vessels you know and that only one pure vessel can be the speaker of the house this is absurd the guy runs the schedule and moves legislation but it's a very important function and the best speakers i've ever seen i have to tell you and i covered capitol hill i was capitol hill correspondent Newt Gingrich, I was there when he took over the White the, the Congress mm-hmm. and challenged Bill Clinton and led that Republican revolution. He was a strategist. He had a, a game plan when he went in. And more importantly, he changed those laws that McCarthy threw out when he became Speaker, stupidly, that protected his power as Speaker and allowed him to keep the fractious cats in line. As a speaker, you have to do that. You can't allow every goofball in the house to take a shot at you and challenge your speakership. You, you'll you get nothing done. Kevin McCarthy just proved that. We can't have this again. The other, by the way, most successful speaker I ever saw, Nancy Pelosi. You know why? She was a killer. She yeah. said, this is what yeah. we're doing today. Blood and she guts, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to work is a speaker, you know. Uh, that nice guy, you know, altar boys don't make good speakers. Killers make good speakers and you need them some.
1: We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation with Raymond Arroyo when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right. So Bubba, let's face it. Uh, you know, quitting a bad habit, cold Turkey. I mean, that's one option. Uh, but Art, we just don't quit it. Yeah, right. But you know, we, we talked about Turkey, uh, with Roy today, but, uh, and, and it's delicious. I mean, Raymond, but it is delicious. But, uh, but it's always it's not the best way to stop a bad habit. What about something like fume? Now, fume is spelled F-U-M, but you pronounce it fume. And, um, and here's, the, here's the deal. This is a way to, to continue a habit, but then the habit not be bad. Okay, it is, if, if you've on what I'm saying. I mean, in, instead of the drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from the habit, but still enjoy the habit? So when you're dealing with fume... This is an award-nominated device that, instead of electronics, it is completely natural. Instead of vapor, it just has flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all-natural, delicious flavors. Uh, you get it, instead of it being bad, fume is actually good. Uh, it's a habit you're free to enjoy and, and makes replacing your bad habit a little easier and enjoyable. So uh, th- these these are just, uh, you can adjust the airflow dial. It's it's designed with movable parts and magnets. If, if you're like me and you fidget, I, I tend to fidget. You probably have noticed that if you follow the show, <laughs> it gives your fingers a lot to do. Uh, it's also great at de-stressing and, and anxiety while breaking. That habit. So why don't you do this now by going to try T R Y, Trifume, and remember fume is just F-U-M. Tryfume.com. Use the code Rick Bubba and save 10% off uh, when you get the journey pack today. That's T R Y F U M.com. Use code Rick Bubba. Put our names together and you'll save an additional 10% off your order today. Trifume.com slash Bubba for an additional 10% off off your order, and let's take that bad habit and just turn it into a good habit. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, Raymond Arroyo, our guest. We have had a blast with him. Uh, the way we got him on today is he's got um, uh, a new series that he has just launched. This is the second installment. Uh, it's The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. It's, it's a great family read, uh, and you can get it wherever books are sold. It came out on October the 3rd. Uh, and we've talked about that. Uh, we've talked about the state of the country today. We've talked about Raymond and his journey to Fox News. But one thing that we have not talked about is Raymond the singer. Right. Uh, multi-talented. L- l- let me yeah. tell you something. Huh. Raymond, w- what I was like, is there anything that uh, this man cannot do? I mean, so w- talk to me, talk to us a little bit, and we- we'll talk more when- on-, on the tour. How's your yeah. dance moves, yeah. Raymond? I mean, you got that well, That's too? what I'm saying.
0: The- I can think of a couple of things. I golf like, a-, like a-, a-, a person with you know, uh, b- half a leg. I mean, I, I can't golf. <laughs> I'm a terrible, uh, I'm I'm an okay dancer, but I wouldn't do it in front of people. So there are things I can't do, guys, I can tell you. My wife could probably give you a much longer list, but I'll leave it there.
1: So musically, we were listening to some of it before we we started talking to you. And you know that most wonderful time of year is coming up. I know we there's some negative going on, but we, the Christmas season is just a well. You know, we, we need a good go, Christmas, don't well, we? Thanksgiving yep. first, and I don't like to rush Thanksgiving. And you made a point why we shouldn't. I'm with you. Yeah, yep. yeah. Thanksgiving into Christmas is uh, the wonderful holiday season, and uh, so I I know that uh, you know we we all love the traditional Christmas songs, and uh, but listening to it is it is this a jazz flavor, kind of a big band flavor? Tell us about your musical taste.
0: Well, a fr- look, you, over many years on my Christmas special on EWTN, I've had the privilege of singing with some of my musical heroes, Johnny Mathis and Aaron Neville and oh. Andy Williams, uh, Dionne DiMucci. Uh, but a, a record producer approached me and said, would you consider doing a Christmas album? And I said, no. And now back <laughs> 25 years ago, I sang in musicals, you know, and a, as an actor. But that was a long time ago. And she kept coming at me and, uh, you know, asking me, well, could reconsider this? I said, well, look, if I can find an interesting angle on Christmas and these songs, maybe because I do love I listen to Christmas music all year round. So I did a deep dive into the origins of some of these carols and classic songs that we take for granted, frankly. And what I discovered is what we think these songs are or how they were intended is wrong, completely wrong. So. I got together with Kevin Koska, the great arranger, who did, if you don't know Kevin's name, you'll know his work. He did The Greatest Showman, uh, uh, The Dark Knight, Jungle Book, Lion King, all Mm -hmm. those orchestrations were Kevin Koska's. He arranged, and I said, I want this to have a big band classic feel and sound. There's some tender songs as well. But uh, we created something that I think sets these songs in a beautiful classic setting. They sound like... Uh, somebody wrote me the other day and said, these songs sound like they they, they were recorded 40 years ago and yet fresh as yesterday. So, <laughs> th- you know, they do have that kind of um, classic feel, which I wanted. And uh, the band was incredible. 20-piece orchestra, uh, some of the best sidemen from New Orleans. We got together here in New Orleans. I live in New Orleans. And uh, it, it was incredible. It's an incredible journey. Uh, but uh, And I loved it. I, and now we're taking it on the road. It's a, go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. dot has all the info on the CD. But then I'm going on the tour, which I just this is like the highlight of my year. I'm going to Phoenix. We're going to Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Cleveland, and we end the tour on December 21st at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. Hey, wow. so a Little history
1: forward. there. Have you oh, ever? unbelievable! Have you, you ever ever played the Ryman before?
0: I've been there, Kelly Pickler and I did a Christmas special with her with no audience there, but I've never actually played the Ryman. And Jose Feliciano, who joins me on the album, we did a new version of Feliz Navidad, a kind of Bossa Nova gentle version, which is, by the way, closer to how he envisioned it when he wrote it than what we know. Um, Jose Feliciano is coming with me on some of these dates, including at the Ryman. How so, old is you know, he it's now? It's gonna be beautiful. It's like a family reunion and the band's traveling with me. It's gonna be incredible. We're looking
1: forward. To- <laughs> How old is Jose Felic- Felic- Feliciano now? I think
0: he's seventy-four, maybe seventy-four, and still performing. Incredible, and the fa- the dexterity of his fingers on the guitar—just, I mean, he he's just legendary. And when you, of course, that song is the earworm. Of oh, oh you can't It's Feliz in my Navidad. head right now. I'm fighting. I know. I'm <laughs>
1: fighting everything. To Feliz Navidad. There, that, 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 I can't that, stop that. it. I mean, there's no You're way on to, the
0: next album. With uh, it. Well, th-
1: that was my audition. Didn't want it to see, seem so obvious, but uh, it worked. we'll release
0: it on your birthday.
1: There you go. Just like the book. Uh, so yeah, yeah, the tour and, and, and all that'll be coming up and we'll try to have you back on, uh, to, to just specifically, specifically talk about that because That'd we're, be we're big holiday season. People. Oh, love it. I mean, we, love it. You
0: know, we want to punish the audience with some tracks. I'll bring some tracks and we'll play them. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Well, you, you need yeah, to, it
1: out. you need to come be in studio. I mean we I'll do we, we, we I love that we need we we'll have a Raymond Day. Yeah, there I mean the Zoom thing is great. We love the technology, but there's just something about I agree. Raymond in the room. No, no. You know, well, you know no, no. when they bit.
0: told me that we were gonna play the Ryman, because I've always wanted to play the Ryan. Yeah. When they said we're gonna play the Ryman, I said, you know, when I lived in Birmingham, everybody called me Ryman. They said rhyming, so now I'm rhyming <laughs> at the rhyming, so it works.
1: And, w- and what did all of us do with your last name here? I'm sure it wasn't pretty.
0: Oh, we don't even go there. Don't go yeah. near Arrow, Oreo, Aurora, Aurora, Aurora well, I don't even you can I be get like, that no matter where I go. Or
1: you could be like me in the commercial a minute ago. I went, I moved it to your first name. I called you Roy. Yeah. Uh, I was well, like- that's okay,
0: as long as you get the, the first letter that's right As right. long uh, as
1: you call me, right? That's right. That's
0: right. You can call me Ray, or you can call me <laughs> Jay. <laughs>
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you, you, so you're, 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 you're doing news, you're doing comedy, you're doing books, you're doing music. Is is there, are you, are you anything else you want to try?
0: Uh, well, I'm Maybe I I should lead a ballet company. I'll try that next year, but uh, no, I don't need, look, I, I really guys, I just respond to the opportunities of the moment. And you know, I'm look, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I think the Holy spirit guides you in the things you're called to in the moment And our obligation, one of the great lessons Mother Angelica taught me, your obligation is to respond to that inspiration in the moment. You don't question it. You run at it. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes the door closes and you know that was not God's will. That was your will. But otherwise, these things come, you embrace them, and hopefully you spread some happiness and goodness and inspire people. And I think now, now that I look at it, this Christmas project Christmas Mary and Bright could not come at a better time. Yeah, we need something uplifting and and that brings us together as people. And I love that we can do that around music and the holidays and and the real reason for this entire holiday and season.
1: Well yeah, and and I think it always makes a difference when the people say, "You know what? I'm not going to sit here and and be depressed and and wallow in all this. I'm going to make a decision" to right. do things like going out and and singing and worshiping because, uh, you know, and, and we, we. Going to the mall,
2: standing in line. Yeah,
1: you know, and. Uh, <laughs> right,
2: grabbing. Well, that's crawling crawling traditions. over the sales yeah, events, Right, right know, yes. fighting yes, over that. the last one. Sure, morning, yeah. uh, watching yeah, that's sure. not the
0: way to commemorate Christmas. <laughs> Jesus did not come for you to hit your neighbor over a widescreen. That is not <laughs> no. why
1: he came. All <laughs> right, so go to RaymondArroyo.com uh, to find out everything about Raymond. And of course, he's told you we got the, the, the Christmas link there for you, too. But the magnificent mischief of tad lincoln is available now and a great family read raymond thanks for taking time to be with us oh today. oh my
0: god guys you have made my day i've loved listening to you all you've been constant companions on so many days when when we needed to laugh and and my even my kids in the car uh it, it you've it's been an honor being with
1: you thank you raymond well we're honored yeah we are and thanks to each and every one of you for joining us on this edition of rick and bubba university the podcast